So we are here with the first PhotoMind podcast. We're calling this PhotoMind Talks. We're here with Molly Bartelt, and she is the co-founder of Pixology, and she'll get a little bit more into what she does there and what they do. But um, thanks for joining us in this, uh, you know, first podcast, our first attempt with the uh, within the PhotoMind community to uh, put out something like this. So we're so happy to have you here, Molly. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you. So, you know, it's great. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing, how you got into this racket. <laughs> well, um, photos have just been a passion of mine for a long, long time. I, I remember my mom would put photo albums together and it was such a big deal when she would complete an album and then it would be available for us to look at. And I've gone back to that set of albums many times. Somewhere along the way, I, I actually had a career in nonprofit management and, and began scrapbooking my personal pictures. And uh, I became a creative memories consultant on the side and uh, sold scrapbooks and digital softbook or digital software digital scrapbook software so that people could make their own digital books on their computer. And that company went into bankruptcy twice. And my friend Ann and I thought there just had to be a better way to help people with their pictures because people often will buy the things they think will help them save their photos, but actually using, you know, whether it's an album or a photo box or even an app, <laughs> You know, using it is really the, the challenge. And a lot of times people just don't come back to those investments that they've made. So we started Pixology in 2013 to give people hands-on help. And so we provided education as well as um, hands-on service to, to organize photos for people and scan them and then to create something that they would have their pictures and memories to share with their family and know it was preserved for future generations. And now it's um, going on nine years. Learned a lot. <laughs> wow. That's so awesome. How, um, you know, how has it been? How, how have you seen changes, I guess, from with it, from where you started to where you are now? I mean, nine years, like you said, is a, is a huge amount of time to kind of work mm -hmm. this out. You know, I'm sure there were some kinks along the way. What have you kind of learned about photo organizing from when you started to where you are now? Well, I've learned that we have to really keep the simple. I've learned that we really need to keep the system simple. You know, even for our team here at Pixology to organize and scan photos, as well as for teaching people how to do it, because there are so many moving parts with organizing photos, whether they're printed or digital, as well as changing technology. So uh, one thing that I feel is really a stark difference from even five years ago is the acceptance by people of storing pictures in the cloud. Five years ago, eight years ago when we started, it was like, no, I'm not, the I'm not using the cloud at all. And people were distrustful, and it was a very teeny amount of people that understood it even. So uh, today, just by the nature of how people use their phones, um, 
people have stuff all over the cloud <laughs> in many different places. So now it's not um, it's not so much talking about organizing pictures on the computer and saving them there, although that's important. Now it's, we have to figure out how to get your pictures off the cloud so you've got them consolidated in one place. <laughs> so that's a big change um, for sure. And, and I know more than ever, people just need to know that there is a system out there and that, um, and they can learn it. And if they just know what not to do, it might help them actually get things done. <laughs> Is there one thing specifically that you would, you would, I guess, above everything else to tell people, you know, definitely don't do this, a big wag of the finger about this? Well, I think today the first thing that people can do and is really think about what pictures they're taking right away today because it's so hard to delete a photo or throw a picture away. So if you take too many, <laughs> you're, you're already setting yourself up for a long-term problem if you multiply that by months and years. So today, you know, really be thoughtful about what pictures you're taking so that you don't have to delete them or someone 10, 20 years from now isn't thinking, well, should I save this picture or shouldn't I? <laughs> and I see that like in the 80s and 90s, even back then people would take so many photos, like, and then now making the choice about what to save and scan is, 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 is it's a hard mind process. So let's, let's be thoughtful about what pictures that we want, you know, now and for the future. I mean, that's definitely got to be tough. I know, you know, it's a pretty common thing these days where, you know, you ask somebody to take a picture of you while you're on vacation or, you know, wherever, and you ask, they, you either ask them to take a bunch of them or maybe they just do it anyways because, you know, you want to get the best one possible. So it's got to mm -hmm. be kind of tough to uh, kind of, you know, remind yourself almost, okay, let me just choose the one I like and then get rid of the other ones, right? That's hard. And then, you know, th people think they're going to come back and do it. And then other people will be like, well, I like that expression too. So now, <laughs> now they can't make a choice. And pretty soon they have too many pictures and then they start ignoring the problem again. So it, it's, it's a mindset, but I feel it, this is like a whole nother thing I could teach people on is what pictures you want to take. I mean, now that we can really be thoughtful and see instantly what we're getting, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole nother, another topic to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we can touch every topic. Every topic is, uh, is on the table, <laughs> but uh, no, but I want to, I want to take it back to actually your own uh, personal photo, photo organizing journey. Um, you know, one thing we talk about at PhotoMine a lot is the idea of this family anchor and you kind of touched on uh about with your mom that you remember you know her going through all these photos um and we talked about this family anchor as the person who's kind of at the center of you know either photo taking and saving and organizing kind of taking all those pieces and not only you know holds on to all these photos but as at some point they have to go somewhere else they kind of have to get passed down to someone else would you say that you are the, you know, the next person in line or have taken over that job as family anchor? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, 
regardless of, you know, pixology, uh, I have been the one that has cared about the pictures. I have a cousin who, you know, had some albums from my, my grandmother and she passed those my way, which I scanned and, and she hasn't wanted them back yet. And I'm really curious about that. So I don't, think that the family anchor is something that, you know, someone just says one day, I'll handle it all. <laughs> it's like over time, you just start assimilating things. And, and I've become it on my husband's side as well. So I have all of his family and, and my mother-in-law's 90 and she's still alive, which is so fortunate because we get to know the who's who in the pictures. But um, usually you see one person kind of become the anchor and hopefully it's not contentious. You know, um, what I have seen, like I, I can think of a couple of clients who became the anchor, whether they intended to or not. And now they have some stress and anxiety related to it and possibly pressure from the other family members who want their copies. So um, I think it's a very special person that ends up to be the anchor and we have to cut them some slack and make sure they get the tools so that they can manage this themselves, you know, and not lose their sanity over it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Is there any, uh, is there anything, I guess, advice you would give to those people who might be in that position where, no, they are their family anchor and they perhaps enjoy it and want to be that place? but they realize that they have, you know, their siblings or their cousins or whoever kind of pulling at them like, oh yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that. Like knowing, that, you know, in their minds, they, they understand too that, that, you know, their anchor is the person who's kind of in command of their family's essentially legacy and photos. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, what would you, I guess, what would you kind of say to that person to kind of help them along? Well, it's, that's a really good question. It, it's kind of like having a plan. Uh, I've heard the words before by my peers in this field, you know, having a photo management plan. And I think, you know, when you always, when you plan ahead and you talk with people about expected outcomes, that really can help um, alleviate some fears on other family members' parts. So having a, a plan, I think, is definitely, all right, we have to first organize it all and then curate it, which includes, at least here, we include deduplicating in the curate part because it doesn't matter what generation of pictures we're working with, there's always duplicates. So we, we have them organized and then we curate, and then we have to choose, you know, what the location is going to be for those, uh, that family photo collection. And it needs to be accessible, you know, in the cloud so that people can uh, have access and share and maybe save copies of their own pictures if they want. So I think there's three parts, you know, it's got to be organized, and then curated. And then, um, you have to have that one location that you guys can all agree, the family can agree upon. So the organize and the curate could potentially be a very fun activity. So I've seen it where um, you have the plan and a family gathers like in town for a weekend and you have people who are organizing and then people who are, you know, maybe, um, 
fine tuning the organizing a little bit. And then you have someone, you know, scanning with whatever tool they want to scan with. And then the final person is adding tags. So you can get really sophisticated with that, especially if there's some younger people in the family who want to be a part of that process. It'd be a fantastic, you know, family reunion gathering idea. I was going to say, it makes it, it almost is like a family reunion. It's like tailor-made for a family reunion. If you're looking for, you know, some sort of event other than, I don't know, like, uh, you know, potato sack races or something like that, right? <laughs> like you can just, you have this other thing that's like not only an activity for everyone to do together, but it's essentially like a, a family, you know, a family legacy assembly line. Right, yeah. like kind of allowing everyone to work together to kind of put it all together. It's kind of cool. We um, are on to something there. <laughs> we got it. I think we definitely got it. We could start selling this uh, this by itself, just this idea. Um, <laughs> no, but I I want to I want to shift directions a little bit. Actually, um, you know, I know you guys at Pixology talk about uh, helping people set up a photo estate. Yeah. Uh, so I was hoping that you might be able to kind of ex uh, expand on that a little bit, because, you know, I think it's the kind of concept that people would, uh, you know, would uh, would like to kind of understand a little bit better. Sure. So we have always, you know, struggled with communicating, telling people the importance of saving pictures. So a couple of years ago, actually even longer, um, and my business partner at the time, she was like, uh, telling, telling the, telling people about the concept of a photo estate. And then, uh, and then we thought maybe we need to package something together so that people can really understand what that is. And so we created the concept of the photo estate. She had been using the words and, and we made a definition for it. So it's like a, a collection of printed materials, the photos and the slides, as well as old film and video. And you bring it together and you organize it, curate it so that the stories are preserved, the memories are preserved and shared for future generations. And, you know, the idea that um, you could actually do this with one section of families, this works very well for inherited photos, or if you're, even better if your mom or dad or, you know, older family member is, you know, alive, they can be a part of the process to get it consolidated so that now once it's organized and scanned, you can add the tags and the descriptions to it and maybe make a photo book, um, you know, with the highlights through the whole, you know, family history, because we're going back you know, to in the 1800s for some people and having their stories told in, the, in, in a collection that we call the photo estate has really been something people could wrap their heads around. So I usually consider the photo estate to cover everything before my client was born, unless it's, you know, the, the unless my client is you know, in her 70s or 80s, well, then it's going to include her, her life, you know, my mother in law is a great example, her photo estate includes the historical pictures that go back into the 1800s, and genealogy records end up being a part of the photo estate too. My mother-in-law is a great example of, you know, her photo estate includes the pictures from 
you know, the 1800s from her family. And we actually have documents, genealogy documents, and, and that ends up being a part of the photo estate too, because they go hand in hand with the pictures. And so her pictures include growing up through the Great Depression, you know, the 50s and 60s, a, a woman of her age had a career. Um, and then, uh, and, and we're still able to add pictures from her 90th birthday, which was just a couple weeks ago. So sometimes you're still adding, but bringing it all together has been just a, an excellent way for people to see, you know, what they're starting and what they're aiming for to finish. It's awesome. It sounds like, so basically the estate is a way to essentially, you know, wrap a bow around everything prior to your kind of, you know, your new and current uh, organizing life. Mm -hmm. So I guess, uh, you know, I guess kind of where this takes us a little bit, uh, maybe not directly, but, um, you know, what would you, you know, why, why do you feel it's important for people to organize their photos? I, I think it's so important to organize photos before doing any scanning, because if you scan a printed mess, you'll have a digital mess and you'll probably lose information. And so organizing first is really important. Um, and the reason why I think people need to do this is there's so much information in all of the bins and the, the books that have been collected over the many years. So when you organize and you start bringing, you know, pictures back together, you can literally find the two same portraits from 1912. One might be all tattered and water damaged, but on the back, it'll have the names of who's on it maybe the year, and then you'll find another copy that's in really good shape. So now you've got them back together, you can save the front of the good picture, and then you've got the information on the back of the other. When you organize, things come back together and the stories are able to be told so much better than if you just try to scan here and there. If it's so important for everyone to you know save and, and organize their photos, why do people continue to put it off then? Well, <laughs> that is, that's the story of my life. And I, I, I actually have been doing consumer research in this. I have conducted um, dozens and dozens of interviews over the last six months because I'm trying to understand why are people putting it off? And the reasons vary. You know, some people want to know how to do it right. They, they don't want to do it the wrong way. So they don't know how to start. So uh, they're waiting for the right way to do it, I think. Some people are thinking, all right, I'll wait till I'm retired <laughs> to work on it. And inevitably, they're just as busy when they're retired and the pictures wait. They, there's just no sense of making it a priority. And because they're overwhelmed, they don't understand the technology. And you being a, you know, a technology company can probably, you've probably heard this too, like they don't know how to use everything and how to make it come together so that they are not learning things um, the wrong way or they never learn it or they just they're confused on how the things fit together. So there's there is the overwhelmed with all of that they've collected. There's the technology is a problem and and just it's easier to do other things. And I I don't know if I've told you this 
before, but um, like some people would rather clean toilets or they would, um, they need to take a, a Xanax before coming in. I've heard everything. It's just so it paralyzes people. And so they're just looking for a solution, I think. Then the rest of the people, I don't know if they know how important it is. So there, there's, and I don't, I think that might be like 80% of the population hasn't even given it a thought. And then there's a 20% who have given it some thought, but they, they want to do it right. They don't want to do it wrong. They don't want to mess it up. They're worried what other people are going to think. And some people are worried that no one's going to care if they do the work. And I always, you know, try to just say, if you're motivated to do this, you're doing it for yourself first. It's so interesting to bring it all together and then uh, having the right plan to do it really can help you, you know, take off with, with getting it done. And, and then the people will come around um, in your family and enjoy the memories too. So. So what's, so what's the best way that we can, I guess, you know, motivate people to kind of get started then if it's such a problem, right? Like there's gotta be some way we can, Kind of, there's got to be so many amazing photos out there, so many great stories that are kind of being lost. Maybe, you know, their photos are just getting thrown in the back of a closet or maybe even just kept on the camera still. Not even the film hasn't even been developed, whether it's digital or, you know, old, old analog film. Um, you know, what can we do to get people to really, you know, start doing this, get like get off their butts and, and get after it? I know. Well, I, uh, this is my mission. You know, I am on a mission to help educate consumers that there is, there is a better way. And there's, you know, um, that you can get it done. You just need the system. So um, I have, I think, how can we encourage people to get motivated there? You know, you just have to make the decision to do it. All right. And, this is, I hate to use like gloom and doom type scenarios, but I, I'll share it. Fire and weather and technology to disaster are waiting to steal your memories. I hear it all the time. I've had pictures hanging in my garage that were soaked from a fire and they weren't dried properly before coming to us and they were moldy on top of it. I have seen wedding albums, my mother's included that had water damage in it. And if we fix that right away, it's, you might be able to save the pictures, but why not get it scanned first, okay? So, so you have all these things that are waiting to steal the memories away. You also, I think about this all the time. We don't know how long our time is on this earth. <laughs> and, and tomorrow could be literally too late to save someone's pictures, to talk about the stories. And, and if you can't bring yourself to start organizing and saving the pictures, talking about the stories with your elderly parents or your teenage kids who, you know, are battling with depression and these social things that are going on that are so different from when I grew up in the 70s, Tomorrow literally could be too late. And, and so those are the doom and gloom things <laughs> to get people motivated. And, and then I also like to say that photos inspire people. 
they help build stronger families. When families look at their pictures together and reminisce about the things, kids get have a stronger sense of belonging in their family. They can have better feelings of um, resiliency. They can see the tough times that they got through and, and maybe they'll be better prepared for you know, failures future in life. So um, we, photos do so much. If we would just take the time to, to get over the hump of learning how to do it, to actually doing it. So that that's my little, <laughs> is that enough? <laughs> I think that's definitely enough. Um, but speaking of tough times, I think, uh, you know, obviously we're now, you know, two years into this global pandemic and, uh, you know, which obviously has been tough for so many people, you know, I'm coming off myself, you know, uh, struggling with COVID the last week or so, but, um, you know, it's affected so many people in so many different ways, but I'm curious how the COVID pandemic has kind of changed how people look at their photos. Like, have have you seen more people interested in saving them? Um, do they look at their photos different? Anything that's kind of come out of, you know, like some good things that have kind of come out of this tough situation we've been in. Yeah, you know, while the shutdown happened, we actually had people do no contact drop-offs so people had time to go through their pictures <laughs> while they're stuck at home. So we saw an unprecedented amount of people working on their photo collections. And that that was that was a, a good outcome. You know, when you had to have life slow down <laughs> and you could do this, um, we really, really thought that was interesting to see. Then as people have started to go back, um, I think we're falling back into our old habits pretty easily. <laughs> and I don't see it as much as I did over the shutdown. And, and I'm not sure what to, to do about that other than, you know, to do my part in this world to help, you know, motivate people to not forget about their pictures. But um, that... I, I, I actually have to say, I think people are falling back into their old habits. And, and how easy is that to do? I, I'm not organizing my current pictures as well as I should be, you know, as well as I could when I'm, we were closed for the, you know, that period of time. But uh, yeah, I wish, I wish I could say that today we have a drastic change in people's habits, but I haven't figured, I haven't seen that yet. But I'm working on it. <laughs> so what would you say to what would you say to them, I guess, to kind of get them back in that, you know, mm -hmm. back in that mindset that sure, maybe they don't have as much time at home as they might have before. But would you say to kind of get them back in that mindset of, you know, well, I still have these photos to organize that I haven't gotten to. I thought about doing it, you know, May 2020, but here we are in 2022 and I still haven't done it. So like, what would you do? What would you say to kind of get them back into that groove? I say today's the day to start organizing the pictures and and do it in small chunks. You know, we have there's resources out there through us or others to just start doing something and uh, making a habit, even if it's once a month, saving your current month's best pictures. So like January just ended, make a folder on your computer with January's photos 
you know, have your best ones in there and just start making, you know, folders on your computer. That's what we teach is to have your, your collection on your computer. And that would be one way to start just one month. And then at the end of February, put your Valentine's Day pictures in there. Hopefully, hopefully you have some. So, and, and just start small and, and keep it on your list. I think that sounds like great advice. Uh, I think that's great advice to end on also. Um, uh, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me on this and, uh, you know, being our test dummy a little bit for this photo mine podcast. We really appreciate it. So it's so great to see you again. Um, you. for anyone who hasn't, uh, been, uh, been following some of photo mines, uh, you know, content, video content in the past, Molly was a, we- a webinar host of ours in the past, and we hope to have her again. So thank you so much. Please check out, uh, you know, Molly and Pixology, check out their YouTube page, check out their Facebook page, check out their website, et cetera. But uh, thanks so much, Molly, for having you. It was great speaking with you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I think it's great you're helping to spread the word that there's resources out there. It means a lot. (laughs) Well, we're happy that you're out there and, you know, that people like us and like you can all be here to kind of make this place an easier, this world an easier place for people to save their photos. And uh, Mm -hmm. we're all here for the same reason. But uh, so thank you so much, Will certainly be speaking to you again soon. Alrighty. (laughs) Thank you.